You are listening to the Simple Self-Care Podcast by Naturally Randy Kay, a show dedicated to taking good care through connecting with the natural rhythms of the seasons and your own inner wisdom. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Welcome to December. Welcome to the last episode of season two. That's right. We are at the end of season two already. This might be a little confusing since if you look back on my previous episodes, season one, which is less of a season and more of a, hey, I'm going to start doing a podcast and see what happens experiment. Yeah, it was like 30 episodes. But since I'm all about living alongside the seasons, I thought it would be fun to have a season for each season. Eh? Get it? So... I'm playing around with how many episodes each season will be, and honestly, I kind of like not having too rigid of a plan, but I like having more purpose behind the self-care love notes that I get to deliver to your ears. So we're experimenting. And season two is at an end. But speaking of experimenting and bringing more purpose to what we do, My guest to wrap up this season of the podcast is a gal that I look to for seasonal inspiration and intentional living and is in her own experimental phase of her life and business right now. So she's actually the perfect guest for the show. And this lovely gal is Megan Gilger from The Fresh Exchange, a design and lifestyle blog that focuses on seasonal living and the culture of living on the shore of Lake Michigan, and is also now an online store that focuses on curated handmade products from Northern Michigan. Megan was one of my first guests on the podcast all the way back on episode seven, and I'm delighted to have her back on to talk about some insights on intentional gift giving and gathering for the upcoming holiday season and how to get your family on board. We also talk about keys to enjoying the winter and transitioning into winter, and my favorite part of the conversation is about her own healing journey over the past year and finding the joy in a slower and wiser path to health. It's such a wonderful conversation, full of good nuggets that I think you'll really get a lot out of, so here we go. Enjoy. But I guess we can start with kind of your journey since... We last talked a year ago. Um, you had a lot of ideas and you were kind of just moving into your new brand, I think. Yes. Um, and and now you've, you know, you have your house and you launched your product line and it's kind of just, you just covered a lot of ground in a year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, are, how are you feeling? I feel good, actually. I... Um, I definitely like went through this summer. I actually got sick um, Mm. with like uh, Epstein-Barr virus. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I think it was just like the stress of everything of like moving and having a small child. And then on top of it, just like all the draining that happens as a mom um, when you're carrying a child and breastfeeding. And so I think there was like, that part of it. And so I've been like healing from that in this process as well. So, which has been a really, I think it's a really good thing for me because 
I need it. I need those things because I'm such an achiever. <laughs> I need, I could just keep going. And this was something that really had to teach me that there's moderation in, in, in achieving. Like there's a way to achieve really well in what you want to do, but not run at a breakneck pace. That's going to like crush you on the other side. And, um, because I think that's what I've probably done for the past, like three to four years. And I just kind of, when this happened, my, um, I ended up with a Chinese medicine doctor and she, she was the one that was like, you can't do this to yourself. Mm -hmm. So she like really like reset how I perceive my stress and, um, everything. And so she helped me find balance with it and which has been really amazing. So I feel incredibly better than I did, you know, I would say eight months ago. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how the body does that. And while we think the body is rebelling against us, it's actually trying to give us what we need and trying to be like, Hey, you got to chill. So here's how you're got to (laughs) chill and we don't like it, but it, it kind of gets us back to this, I don't know, square one kind of a thing where we get to rebuild ourselves in a way that's, that's more sustainable. Yeah. That's great that you, you sought that help to, to look at it that way. Yes. She was a, she's a friend of mine and I always knew what she did, but I didn't really, I never experienced it. And I was kind of at a point where because of with this virus, I was told I couldn't, we were actually thinking about having another kid mm-hmm. and we were told that now we had to wait because my body needed to get better. And that was by our obstetrics doctor and she, our OBGYN. And she was like, you can't really get pregnant for like six months at least. And she said, if not, maybe even like eight months to a year, depending on how your body recovers. And so it was kind of like this point where I was like, okay, I have a period of time where I can just take care of myself and what am I going to do? And that's when my friend actually messaged me and she was like, why don't you come see me? Healing is nonlinear. I can help you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I showed up and I never done any, I never gone down that natural like Eastern medicine route before. Mm -hmm. And it has really blown my, me away. And when I started doing research about, you know, Epstein-Barr, autoimmune diseases, things like that, that, because both my parents have autoimmune diseases. And so this, according to what I was learning was that this is like one step closer to being in that world. And so I was like, man, I got to change something and living in running a business is not a sustainable way Mm -hmm. to avoid those things. So that was like what really, really changed, I guess, how I perceived everything. And mm. it was a good wake up call that I needed. And, um, yeah, you're right. It's funny how the, how the body does that. That phrase healing is nonlinear. What does that mean to you? It's a, it's a common phrase, I guess, in that, in the holistic healing world, it's a kind of a different perspective. What does that mean for you? I think for me, it meant that there was a lot of moving parts. It wasn't just like one route to being healthy. You know, it wasn't just like my diet, my exercise, my, um, you know, medicines or, you know, vitamins I took or anything like that. Like it wasn't just like laying low and taking some rest. It was like looking at the whole thing. Like how does my, how do I work every day 
um, how does that affect this and how, and, you know, this part of myself, whether it's spiritual, um, you know, mental, what physical, everything. And, you know, even like my relationships in my life, um, the things I say yes to, the things I say no to, um, all those things and how they affect how my health is and how quickly I can heal and, um, and become my best self. And so I, and how I allow my body to actually rest, like not just going to sleep, but also like mentally and spiritually resting and leaving space in my life for that to happen. And so that I think, and also like reassessing, like taking an outside perspective of my whole picture and saying like from stress levels to relationships to what's going on with my body exactly, like all those things and saying, okay, how can I, how can I look at this in a new way? And maybe there's something here that I don't see in the everyday. And so for me, one of those things was actually, um, I mean, there are a couple of things, but one of them was like eliminating dairy and, um, trying that for a while and come to find out it was actually causing my anxiety, which I've dealt with like for years. And I had no idea that you could actually have a separation of stress and anxiety. Like those were, that those were two separate things. I'd always lived in a world where like, if you were stressed, you were going to be anxious. Right. But I now understand that that's not true. And I think it was just all those things combined, you know, it's not, there's no one clear path. It's, it's like a lot of different things and you got to look at all of it in order to move yourself back to a place where your body can really like do the work it needs to, and to get your, get out of the way of your body, basically mm-hmm. from a spiritual, physical standpoint. So that's amazing. What a gift. <laughs> no, what she a gift to be forced to learn that. <laughs> I know. And I feel like it came at such a good time because the whole, like, creating this store and even just getting to this soft launch. It's not in my mind. This is like, just like me, like saying, Hey, I exist. Like, it's not even like a, here's what I'm doing. <laughs> like, um, there's so much more like 2019 has, it's a huge project. Um, cause next year, but I feel like I'm going, I, I, I came into this with, because of that with such a more grounded and, um, a better perspective. I think I was able to, to see where I was, um, where I was very weak in terms of what I allowed to come into my life in like, just like comparisons with other people, you know, when you're going through a transition, whether it's career, whether it's, um, you know, a relationship, whether it's becoming a parent, you know, whatever it is, even moving from, one side of town to the other side of town. Like that's a, that's a change. That's a transition. There's a point in every transition where you're, you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, so many things that are outside of you because there's a lack of grounding in your life. And so by switching careers, going from being a blogger, influencer focused career to saying, no, I don't want that anymore. That's not me. Um, I would like to transition into doing something that means something more to me. Um, for some people, you know, being a blogger and influencer and making your income that way is very meaningful and you can do it meaningfully, but it just never settled right for me. I spent the last three years feeling very unsettled with it. And 
I wanted to transition, but like my business counselor, he said, he's like, Megan, you're having, you need to like mourn this part of your life and know that there's going to be a lot of emotion with that. And then you need to real like see the path that's ahead of you. And then you'll know when you're ready to run it. And, um, and so I definitely went through those moments and there was a lot of that. And I think a lot of people don't talk about those things in business and because it makes you vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. I think that when you're a business owner, when you're building anything, there's so much vulnerability and there's so much that questioning of yourself and, and am I going to do this right? Am I the right person to do this? Um, Could someone do it better? You know, is everyone going to think this is stupid? (laughs) (laughs) you know I think those are real questions and they would keep me up at night and now I feel like I realize like yes I'm intended to do this yes this is what I want to do and maybe somebody could do it better but you know what I'm the one doing it and Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna do it the best I can Mm -hmm. and um I know that at the heart of what I'm doing it's really good so yeah has to win out at the end of the day yeah, it's it's interesting how when you set out an intention to accomplish something, what you think it's going to look like and how it actually looks is can be very different mm-hmm. and how because you're an intentional person and what you're birthing is so much a part of you, it's almost like it can't be done it can't be done without you having this solid foundation within. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, you told the universe, like, I'm ready, let's do this. And then it's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> Here's how you got to do it. And I, and I just think it's important. I, I always like to bring light to those things because we do get, we have that comparison. We do get attached to how it needs to look or, or who we need to be um, to bring certain things out there. But it's actually when we surrender to, to the bigger purpose and mm-hmm. become what that purpose needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it actually goes a lot smoother in the scheme of things. It, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about, um, I guess what has changed about your approach and how have you seen that come out in your work and the projects that you're working on? So with, everything. So when I decided to go down the route of creating this store where every, like I saw that my area, you know, I'm all about like buying local food, doing that. And I'm always questioning like where everything comes from. And for me, that was, it's a practice of awareness. It's a practice of intention to understand that. And also truthfully, like eating that way is good for you. Like it's very easy to be healthy when you eat that way. Um, but I started questioning all of those things when it came to what I was putting in my home as we were like designing everything. And once we got in the house and we were like buying all this furniture, cause we didn't have anything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, where does that come from? Like, who made that? Are they treated well? Like, you know, it's like, I started thinking about everything in my home in the same way that I was thinking about food. And you know, for me, it's not always like, I may not be perfect about it. You know, I may have a rug from West Elm or I may have this, or I may have that, but you know, 
I think what it is like it was for me in that moment was the becoming aware of the connection of how that product got to my floor or you know in my home and so when I was thinking about that I was like gosh that would this is not a new concept like to think about that when it comes to products that you're putting into a store but what I wanted to do was I thought about all the ways that I have or all the people that I've met in our area and that are in and around this region of the Great Lakes and I was like man there's so many amazing creative, inspired by this area of people. And many of them can create many of these things that I also want and need in my own home, or I see as essential items to gathering and living seasonally. And so I started going down the route of what does that look like? Like how, how do I find these people? How do I make these things? And I have no background in this. I have a design background and marketing background. That is like what I know. So the idea of building products and designing them and executing them and all of that is quite foreign to me, (laughs) still is. (laughs) Um, And I'm learning every inch along the way. But um, it really changed how I view both my community and the every single product and how like I look at something and I'm like gosh that I know that like in order to make that plate this had to happen this had to happen this you know I know the time now that it took to make something and not only that I know the the, the dirtiness too of what a product can do for the environment now um, if it's not created the right way. Um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about that. And now I'm able to see the impacts of that. So like we are doing everything with natural dye and it's being hand done. And so I have like, I did it myself this first time around mainly because I wanted to learn. I wanted to understand the process so that I could communicate and talk about it. Mm -hmm. But now as we're heading into 2019, I have a group of women that all have a background in this that are going to be taking over at this. And they're all in the Northern Michigan region. And each one of them will be tasked with a certain, <laughs> a certain napkin set and they will go and make them, you know, and, but it's very clean process because we're, they're doing it in aluminum pots. And so the aluminum releases into the water, but it's not like we're using a powdered aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all these things, you know, all these things that we don't think about. You know, when we put something on our, either in our, like in our home or on our bodies or any of that, like we just don't think about it. And so I think if anything, it's brought a lot of intention and awareness to my life that I didn't even know I was missing. And I have loved the process of it because what it has meant is that I'm able to create connections and community that I wouldn't have otherwise. So. Yeah. And providing a new opportunity and providing space for other people to be creative and, and, and profitable from their craft, which is hard for a lot of artists. So it's, it's kind of like your, everything in your life has been seems like upside down. <laughs> yeah, what? Turned upside down a little yeah. bit, like in a well, good way. 
Yeah. Well, it's like you, you built a house from scratch. You're building these products from scratch. Your, your body is recovering kind of like a new body from scratch. And it's like, what a cool phase of life where, <laughs> you know, I, I really think when we get broken down like that, it, it's, it's really hard. And in the moment you're not like, this is cool, but <laughs> it, it's, it is like such a beautiful thing. And I'm excited to see how things evolve for you because it's obviously meant for something big or else you wouldn't have to rebuild everything. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. So, I guess one question I have is how do you rebuild things or when you, when you develop an awareness where things come from and what it takes, how do you move forward with what you know without being overwhelmed? or without feeling bad that you have something that maybe wasn't ethically sourced. That's a really good question. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, this has really happened for me when it comes to the products in my home, not my clothing necessarily, because I've been very intentional about that over the course of like four years now. But Mm -hmm. um, that to me was a little more, for whatever reason, it felt a little more easier to grasp. But um when I take, I've been taking the same approach to it all as I've taken with food and the food process. Like people ask me all the time, like, did you, you know, how did you get into eating local and seasonally? And how did you learn all this? How did you do all of that? And the truth is, is, I mean, I grew up with some of it, but I grew up like most everyone, you know, that's our age, that's in their mid twenties to mid thirties is that you know, our parents fed us like Stouffer's lasagna and we had Fruit Loops and, you know, it was like all of that. I grew up with that too. I just also grew up in a family where like we had those things, but my dad also grew a garden and he packed my lunch every day and, you know, and he would bake bread and do these things. And so I learned there was a balance in my life of that, but now, so I didn't just like grow up in this. I didn't like grow up on a homestead and like learn all that. I taught myself all this, but it was through the process of slowly looking at like one item or one thing in my life every week or month, depending on what I felt like in my, in the moment and season of my life I was in that I could take on. So I would just be like, okay, why do I buy canned tomatoes? Can I do that differently? Yeah. Let's learn how to do it differently. So And it's the same way I use that same mentality when it comes to the products that we buy. For instance, we need a new dining room table. I was, Mike Mike kept sending me ones online and he was like, I really like this one. Let's buy this one. Let's do this one. And I was like, why don't we, we don't need one right this second. Like we don't, it's total, it works great. It doesn't have the right size. It has a crack in it. It needs to be replaced, but it functions. So we have a friend who's a very good friend and he's very talented woodworker. Why don't we pay him might be like $500 more. It's going to take almost six months probably because he doesn't do it full time. You know, why don't we ask him to do it? So we're in the process of that right now. And instead of buying one that was shipped to our door, that the wood came from Lord knows where, and (laughs) you know, and he's using like locally sourced wood that was fallen from a windstorm. You know, it's like that wasn't chopped down and he's doing it in his 
you know, in his garage and the money that we pay him will allow him. I know how he shops and eats and, you know, and he's going to go to his farmer. He's going to buy his food with the money that, you know, it just, it's a cyclical thing. And when you think about one item, if you think, okay, any new dishes, none of my dishes are all broken right now. You know, I have enough that I can feed myself on, mm-hmm. you know, then you say, what if I went and found a ceramicist to do them? That would be kind of a fun thing to do. I could make a new friend. I could meet somebody. I could, you know, they might cost more, but if I wait that period of time or even say, you know, I can buy four right now, I'll buy four. And then, you know, and say to that same person, could you make another four for me in like five months? And, you know, things like that. You just, I think we've just grown, we've grown into this world of immediacy and where everything just needs to happen now. And when, when we think about not only how that affects ourselves and our community, but also we think about how that affects the environment. I think we can think about, you know, how we can just, maybe we don't need something as quickly as we do and think we need to. And I think just taking one little step at a time, you know, and just it, it literally, I'm going to come back to it, but it's just that practice of awareness and intention of saying like, maybe we could think about this a little different mm-hmm. and maybe we could live without this a little bit longer in order to wait for the thing that we really want and doing it right. You know, and usually you end up spending less too, and you love that product more. And so your chances of having to rebuy something are much lower too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing. And, you know, everything from food, everything has just been these tiny steps. And yeah. it's never like saying the sweeping statement of like, everything has to go. Right. <laughs> it's never that, you know, it's a slow replacing. It's a slow changing. And, you know, I plan for it to be that process through my whole life. Like, I don't expect that it's just going to be this, this big thing. And I don't think anyone should, but if we just slowly do it. It makes it become a lifestyle change, which is the most important thing for it to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I've found, I think clothing for me has been my, like my gateway drug <laughs> into it. I mean, food has, has been an evolution ever since I like started cooking for myself, you know, living. Yeah, totally. Um, but even with food, you know, I feel like when we approach it with too much judgment or it has to be perfect right now, it actually has the opposite effect and creates stress and anxiety. And, um, and even when, if you're eating something with anxiety about what you're eating, it's not (laughs) going to be processed very well. Um, so it is kind of this weird process, but yeah, when you look at it from a life, this is a lifetime over my lifetime, I'm Mm -hmm. going to, work towards this. Every time I have to bring something new into my life, you know, I want it to check these boxes. And it I find that I shop way less and I'm not even tempted to shop because my standards are pretty high mm-hmm. about what I want in my home and and I have to wait till I can afford it and I have to wait till you know, I like how it looks or or whatever and um yeah, but it's it's fulfilling and it and it's a an exercise in in patience and in mindfulness, which we can apply to so many areas of life. Yes, absolutely. And I think even with the store and launching it, just that concept 
of like, you know, when I set out to do this, I think my standards of what I expected of myself and with the work and how it was going to come to be was far higher, you know, in terms of like, it was going to happen right now. Mm. And it, that was so good for me to go through because every step along the way, I was like, this can't happen right now. This needs to take time, you know, even to make the products like our napkins, like it took a week for them to prep. Well, it took me two weeks to get the fabric. Then I had to cut all the fabric, which took a whole day. Then and it's like traveling to my aunt's studio to cut all of them with her. And she was, there's a special place in heaven for my aunt. Um, <laughs> for doing that for me. But then, you know, then we took, I took a week to process the fabric and prep it for dyeing. And then I had to sit for another 10 days to cure. And then I had to come up and like, you know, create these pots and one pot exhausted itself and it just didn't like, it didn't create what I wanted. And then I had to redo it, you know, and it's like, it took almost two months to make those napkins and they're still in process of being sewn because I can't do them all. So I had to hire a couple of people who are sewers to do them locally. And, you know, they have things that come up in their life and it's like, but I don't want to stress them out. I don't need them. Like, and so I I'm putting pressure on them as somebody who's their technical boss, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, Oh, you need to stay up all night to do this. Like I'm not living in that world and I'm not making them live in that world. And instead I'm saying, you know, like, how many can you get done this week? Like what's realistic for me to expect, you know? And I think that's a good way to approach both ourselves from a, when you're, we're entrepreneurs, like what is actually possible? Like, is this, am I, and Mike and I have this thing where we try to live at 70% of our life filled. And so there's always room for that 30%. So we're like, we know we can expect the 70 because if, if like, 30% does come along, we still can expect that 70%. In worst case, that 30% is filled with time that's for downtime. Mm -hmm. And and then there's space in our life. But, you know, if we live in a world of 90 to even 100%, (laughs) and that's what we're expecting of ourselves, there's no room for 30. There's not even room for 10, you know? And so if something comes along, like your car battery dies, your kid gets sick, you're, you know, any, you get sick, like any of that, like, how do you, how do you live in a stress-free environment? You know? And when we take that into every aspect of our life, it leaves room for things to happen in a good way. And then we have less stress. We have less, you know, anxiety about what could happen. And it's, it's a good place to live when, when we can, and it takes work to get to that place. And especially in our in our society to say, I'm only going to do seven. Like I'm only going to expect myself 70%. And it seems like we're failing, but we're not. And, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you think you get more done and you don't find yourself at the other end mm-hmm. with nothing to hold on to. Like, so I don't want to live a day. I don't want to live days in a week anymore that I have to be at a hundred percent all the time. I just don't like, and I don't think that any of us have to. So if we don't need to, if, if like, I don't know any case that you really do have to do that. And so, I mean, there's days you're always going to be exhausted, but right. 
not going to go away. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Well, and it's like, there's going to be times where, where it's for maybe a short season, but that, I think that's where the, the dysfunction comes from is that we have the stressful times be all of the time and then the rest be sometimes. And instead of it being the opposite way. And, and that's where a lot of anxiety and stress and issues in the body come up is that we never give our, our bodies that time to restore, which, which you are a master at now. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works. (laughs) Yes. Um, So so speaking of where you're at now, how does your daily life look as far as taking care of yourself go? And how has it changed since before your illness? I think, bef- well, I'll start with before um, because I think it's kind of like a before and after of an interior. Right. <laughs> um, before I felt like I woke up in a sprint, like every morning, like it was like, my kid screamed. I'd wake up. I'd get my kid. And it, you know, it was just like, and then I had to get all this done. I had to get this done. I had to get this done. I had to do this. I had to do this. And then by the time I got to, and then I had to cook dinner and then I had to do this and then I had to do that. And I never breathed. Like I didn't. And I kept looking at other people and I was like, gosh, like, how do they do it all? Like, how do they have five kids? Like, how do, you know, and I was like, I don't know how they do it all. They probably don't because, (laughs) you know, or like, you know, and I just constantly lived where I was like, I had, I had expected so much of myself and I expected a clean house. I expected all these things to be perfect. I expected to have my house, you know, everything put in place. And you probably look at my Instagram and you're like, Megan, it is all put in place. And my babysitter <laughs> doesn't that. But in my mind, I expected every toilet to be cleaned all the time. You know, the expectation was impossible. On, on myself, especially as a new mother and a business owner. And, and I found that I also expected, you know, that I expected things out of Mike that weren't possible. And that with, you know, his work and everything that he does, and I just didn't have the capacity to do it. Like I was doing so many things. Everything took me in multiple directions And what came at the expense of that, because there's always an expense when you're living that way, was my health and my social life. And I think in downtime, like I think downtime goes into my health. And so I was really bad at that. And I found that, you know, I was drinking probably more than I should have. I was, you know, probably drinking more coffee than I should have. And I was um, not always eating right. And as much as I wanted to be, or I tried to be eating right, you know, I'd find myself like eating grilled cheese sandwich, like for lunch or like, not that that's bad, but it was just like, now that I know that I'm allergic to dairy, that was very bad for my life. And so I just was, it was just constant, constant, constant. And there was no room. And would you you say it was out of alignment with how you wanted to be living? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Because what I, what I want, and I knew I needed to shift things because I, when I remember saying to Mike one day, I was like, I'm ready to just be done. Like my ultimate goal is to not be like online, to not have all this pressure, to not have this, to not have that. And 
he was like, no, I think you just need to rethink this. And I was like, no, no. Like I like, we got in this like thing one night and I was just like, I don't want this. I don't want that. You know, it's just like, and I was so agitated with so many things. Like it didn't really have room for empathy for other people, empathy for myself, empathy for, you know, there was no room for it. And I didn't even realize it. Um, I think in the time, but when I, and I said a lot of yeses that I didn't want to say yes to, I think. And that's a, I thought I'd learned that lesson. I think we all think we've learned that lesson. And then something happens and we start going back down that route. And I think that's what had happened. And so I started, and that was when, that when I headed into summer, um, this last year, Hayes was going to not be in school anymore. And so he had the summer off. And so it kind of, I knew that I was going to be at home with him most of the week. So my time for work was going to dissipate. And that was very difficult for me because I went from like three days a week or four days of working a week to only two. And that's a lot for somebody like me (laughs) 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 to not like, I am my best self as a parent when I can have a balance between my work and my parenting time. And I'm not ashamed to say that anymore. I think I was before, but I know that I'm a good parent when I can do that. And so I, then that was kind of the beginning of my shift where I was like, okay, I have to rethink this. I have to like be strategic. I want to launch this. How do I think about it? And so that's when I started making a very strict schedule every week where it was like, these are the things I'm going to accomplish. I will feel accomplished if I do these. And once I knew I had these specific things that I needed to do and I would plan it out, there was like a daily, a weekly and monthly. And, and I posted it this summer, like my, and I get so many questions about it. I needed to just put it as a blog post. I just, it was one of those things like the blog started to become this thing that was too heavy to carry all the time. And I started saying, okay, I can't do three to four posts a week. I can only do three to four posts a month. Like that's all that can happen. And that's reality. And I just started to wean those things out of my system. Like say like, and that's where a business counselor helped me (laughs) like look at everything and be like, Megan, this is not reality. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you cannot do this. you're right. (laughs) So I, because like, similarly to you, it is that, you know, I'm, I'm a one man show over here. Like I'm not, Mike helps me, but I, for the most part, run everything on my own, um, and design everything, do everything. And when I think about that, I'm like, gosh, that's, that's insane. Like that's a lot. And I, it's, it's a lot to expect of yourself. So I think when I became real with that. And then I got sick on top of it and literally was like, had no brain, had, had like nothing in me. Like my muscles felt heavy. I was exhausted. I had a fever. Like I was like done. Like I couldn't move really for like a week and a half to two weeks. Like it was everything I could do to just get out of bed. And so, which is the worst in the middle of the summer. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you want that in the winter. You don't want that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I just took time away. Like I just couldn't. And it was a really good way 
to reassess my life. And on the other side now, like I said, like the 70, 30 thing is really like how I approach life. Like I know that I have specific things. I use the same mentality of like, these are the things that I can accomplish. I know this takes this amount of time and this amount of time. And so these things are the most, these are the highest priority in my life. Like I need to get these things done. And if those don't get done today, that's not good, but I know I can do those things. Like, so I will focus, get those things done first. And then everything else is a bonus. That's why I always tell myself. And I prioritize my eating schedule. I prioritize, um, time to just like relax and just like, be like, you know what? I really want to watch a show tonight. Like, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I'll just say, you know what? Or like with the launch of the store, I thought it was going to happen mid-October. It didn't. And there was a lot of factors in that. And one, it was like products weren't totally done the way I wanted them to be done. The other thing was, is Mike's work ended up with more travel than he expected. And I had to take over more duties as a parent. And so it was only like whatever was like highest on the list could get done. And I just had to give up a lot in that. And, but that's part of it. And that was okay because it ended up being working out exactly how I was intended to. And so I just, I think now I just look at everything and I'm like, you know what? It's going to happen. It just may not happen exactly how I want it to and when I want it to. And my expectations of those things need to be grounded in reality, not in something that's totally impossible. And compared to somebody's like, five years out in their business, you know, I can't compare myself that way. And so I could get really heady about it and weird and like, just, you know, not do something. But I think that's the difference that I have now compared to that. And yeah, so now I go to bed at 930, 10 o'clock, and I don't stay up. I never work late anymore. Um, Wake up at 630, get my kid to go to school and work out and, or like this morning I went for a 30 minute walk in the snow and that was great. And, you know, just have time for myself before anything else. And then I work in front of my computer. Like my ultimate goal is to not be with my computer as much and, or my phone. And I'd rather package things, design things like by hand and create by hand and be outside than in front of my computer. So that's a big reason also I wanted to shift to a store was I felt like I could do have more of that. Um, And so I just, I spend a lot more time using my hands and being active. And those things have really shifted a lot for me. And both like from an emotional standpoint, like I have a much better grasp on like my anxiety, my stress levels, like all those things. And I just, I kind of, pardon my French, but I don't give a shit as much as I used to in a good way. You know what I mean? And I realize that like, I watch other people and I'm like, Oh my God, you're exhausting. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's like, I I can't, like, I'm not Mm -hmm. gonna live in that world. And I don't think I need, I don't, I know I don't need to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in some way the blogging like the blogging world and what that is now is so intense and so 
it's such a hustle and nobody seems to really love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, going to conferences like I did this summer, I'm like, you guys don't really like what you're doing. You all seem really unhappy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm really happy now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there's a deep meaning to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm doing what I actually love. And mm-hmm. so, and I'm helping people, which is a big deal to me. So mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was helping anyone. Yeah. <laughs> really, like I didn't feel that way. Yeah. So. The interesting thing too, is that the space that you have now, I feel like encapsulates what I've always felt your brand is. And so it's actually so, like more of your business yes. to be living this way, which is great. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's all like worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was like my main client and it finally like clicked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is like, I was practicing all those things. Like I was, I was, it's been like two years in the making really of me trying to do those things. Like I've wanted those things so much for my life mm-hmm. that I didn't know how to get them. And I was trying to get there and my blog and everything that I what have been for the past two to three years about is, has been trying to get myself to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And it's been this journey. And now I feel like I'm really here. And I told Mike, I was like, I've never really just been able to, I've always like tried to do something big every year. You know, it's like, I've been trying to like get here, do this. Like, it's like another mountaintop, another mountaintop. And, and this year when I'm coming into 2019, I just want to, I just want to like walk straight or wander through the woods in like a mindful way. I feel Mm -hmm. like I don't want to get anywhere. I just want to like follow these things as I see them. Meaning like, I want to like just dig into the same thing. Like I want to learn this work that I'm doing and in terms of my store and in terms of like local eating and how I can help people with that and the idea of seasonality. And like, I don't feel like I need to go anywhere. I don't feel like I need to like do anything big. And that's a that's a big shift for somebody that like achieves things. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> achieving is going to be healthy me mm-hmm. and and doing and really making impactful work. And to me, that's my store. And yeah. I've already seen the changes that it's had in me and the changes that it's done for the people that we're working with. And it's it's really amazing. And yeah, it's very, it's very fulfilling. That's wonderful. I love it. I really do. Um, I guess the last thing, since we are moving into Christmas and New Year's and all of these things, speaking of not maxing yourself out and being intentional, do you have any advice applying these principles to your holiday gatherings, dealing with family that may have a different pace than you or expectations. I know a lot of my listeners are kind of worried moving into the holidays with all of these things. They want to be mindful, more intentional, but it's like, it just seems like a good idea, you know, but how do you, I guess, what's your approach to that? How does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a really interesting conversation and because 
it's been a huge shift for me because I'm coming out of the blogger influencer arena where like this time of year is like game day. Like it is like, this is when you make your money. This is like when you do everything, the promotions are high. Like I still get all the emails, like this is going on sale. You get like a 15% extra commission. Like it's like, it's insane. Like I remember I, and this year I said, no, there's only one thing I took. And it's because I really believe in this brand and what they do and the brands they carry and the brands they promote because we have used their products that they carry for years. And they're great, amazing products that have come out of a lot of thought, a lot of intention, and a lot of them are sustainable. And so a lot of these products do good. And that's the only reason I signed on for it. And, but that said, I think if you are concerned about gifting in a way that means both receiving things, I think when you're talking about, you know, you got to remember your family is not where you are most likely mentally on these things. So you, cause this has been a big thing with Hayes and parents and grandparents like wanting to do things and siblings that want to do things. Cause he's the only grandkid. Like, what do you do? Uh, yeah. Something. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't want a kid that thinks he's going to get something all the time. And because I want to help him understand and come into the world, like this is special, like this is a unique thing, you know? And so what I did was I just, you know, ahead of time prefaced, you know, just one thing. And you can even say this for yourself, like, cause I did, I was like, my mother-in-law was like, what do I get you? And I, and I, you know, I was like, I honestly don't need anything. I was like, but I was like, I really, if you want to get me something, I really would like this blanket, you know, or this one thing. And in the hopes that like, they feel relaxed knowing that like that one thing will mean a lot of love to you. Um, and if you're able to say even, you know, I'd really like a blanket that is made this way. And, you know, just kind of giving like some parameters, you know, of like, and saying why sometimes that helps um, for people to understand. But I think you you first have to understand that somebody wants to do something for you. You know, it's like, they're trying to tell you they love you. Like that's where the heart is of it. So the best thing to do is to first acknowledge that for yourself. And then to say, is there anything I actually do really need that would be helpful for my life? So like, I really wanted a juicer. <laughs> like that was something I really wanted because I, I think it would make a lot of sense in some of our lives. So I went down this whole route and researched one and Mike and I decided he also wanted it. So like we jointly decided that was what we were going to get for ourselves. And we like researched this thing. We're not getting anything else for each other. We both committed that that's what we're doing. It was all about communication and awareness of what we actually needed and all of that. So now we both feel like great. We don't need to open anything to feel like we got something for each other, you know, so we're saving on wrapping paper. We're saving on like all these things and we're both really excited about it. <laughs> so, um, but I think as far as the pressure of gifting too, I think I know a lot of people that create really great gifts too. If you don't have time like that though, find like there's a lot of holiday markets and stuff you can attend. Um, like right now here in Traverse city, there's like five holiday markets that have amazing makers at them. 
And you can go and find like great candles that have been handmade. Other products have been handmade. And I think that's a great way to minimize the consumerism too. And you know, your money's going to something really good and you're helping a maker make a living doing that. And also like, it's a lot of work for makers to show up at those markets. So I I think it's really good to go to them and to show up and say, you know what, I'm going to buy a few things. And I also find that those things mean a lot more to people when you receive them um, too. So I think that's a good way to do it. But I think as far as like the keeping things simple and keeping the pressure low, I, I think for Thanksgiving I hosted, which was a total of eight adults and um, it was in one child and we did it completely look like all the food pretty much other than like, I had like a small list of things didn't come from local people. And I just kept the menu really basic, really simple. I, I did it all dairy free and no one noticed. I was the only person who didn't <laughs> eat dairy and no one noticed. I don't think they didn't, they didn't tell me they did. Um, and I just kept it very simple food. Um, you can do mashed potatoes really simply. You can do a roasted, you know, however, if you want to do a roast turkey or chicken or whatever, you can easily get those things locally and um, simple and keep it simple. You don't have to overdo it. And it, it can feel special and still be simple. And like our tabletop, I just went out and foraged some stuff, you know, like some branches with leaves still on them. And those went in a vase and then had some pumpkins, <laughs> like little pumpkins that we had left over still and candles that were made from beeswax from a local maker. And that was it. And with white plates and it was really simple but it was still beautiful. And I think you don't have to have special China. You don't have to do all this stuff that I think we all grew up thinking was how you do it. Um, because really what matters the most is like you're together with people and you're with people you love, even if that's just like your partner or your roommate or a friend, like it, it doesn't have to be this grandiose experience to be celebratory and wonderful. And we have to like, just say, yes, that's okay. And, mm -hmm. and embrace that reality that like, what matters most is that you're there. Mm -hmm. And that, and that is the most important thing. So. Yeah. I think. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I, I agree. And I think when you can keep it simple, then it creates more space for that, for actual connection and not all the distractions. Yes. Cause putting together a meal can be very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so also, how it's okay. To ask for help. Like yeah. I came up with the menu and then I just like handed it off to people. And yeah. so it, it was totally fine. And everybody had a good time. And um it didn't feel stressful. And so, they want to help. Most people want to do something. And it's a good communal experience to do that. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're all in the same kitchen. So yes. yeah. So how do you how do you recover, I guess, from gatherings? Or what have, what are your favorite like seasonal like winter season christmas season self-care things going to bed <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> like, mike and i like put haste to bed and then we're in bed like we get a cup of tea and we sit and read books or talk and um, um and go to sleep and like I, that sounds so freaking boring for a friday night to to do or you know but there's nothing like waking up rested and good 
in the middle of the winter because I think winter can just be so draining if we try to maintain a the same pace that we maintain throughout summer or fall and winter really is intended to be slower hibernating things like that so we typically cook a lot more at home um like we don't we um we eat a lot at home in general but like in the summer it's easier to go and like be like well you know it'd be really fun to like go out here and eat outside at our favorite patio bar or to grab beers here or you know but in this winter we just don't do as much of that because if you like once it hits like four o'clock it's like it's dark and so it's like it doesn't sound really exciting (laughs) so um we only like Mike and I go out for a date night once a week and usually that's pretty chill um we just choose a restaurant and just linger and enjoy having a good meal together and then we come home at like 10 30 <laughs> and go to bed. And, um, but other than that, we plan a once a month, like tonight is the once a month, um, dinner with two other couples and we get to, we just switch off like who's hosting and we get together and just like hang out, the kids play. And it's really nice to just like have dinner with other people when in the winter we don't we see more people, but like, it's different. Um, it's a really good routine thing to keep on the calendar. And I think that's a really revitalizing thing to know that that's coming every week to just be like, okay, these are my people I get to like hang out with and connect with about life and talk about things. And, um, they've known us for years. Our kids are good friends. You know, it's like, it feels really good to have that community. And then I just keep a lot of good routines. I think, I think that's a good self-care thing, you know? like good solid routines that are meaningful to me, like going to the farmer's market, going to, cause we have an indoor one. And so I go every Saturday and, but I definitely, and I like to go for walks too. Like sometimes I do it with Hayes, but that can be kind of stressful and exhausting sometimes <laughs> if he decides it's not fun. <laughs> but um, I think even if it's like 15 to 20 minutes, I think it's really nice to just get outside in the snow and just walk. And I also, um, we cross country ski, like Nordic style, not skate style. And I love that. I love that a lot. And I'm really looking forward to having enough snow to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's on my list of this winter. Every winter here, I try to embrace a new winter activity. And so I dabble in cross-country skiing every year, but this year I'm like, nope, I'm going to buy some, you know, used skis and just, there's a river, like a river trail, like two blocks from my house. And so it's like, why wouldn't I just do that? (laughs) You know, forgetting that we have a lot close by to make us enjoy or help us enjoy the winter more. So it feels so good. And you get a sweat on and you're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, what cold? I don't know. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and I see like the old people skiing past me and I'm like, yep, let's do this. Yeah. Like, they exactly. love cross country skiing. They do. They're it's very wise. <laughs> life. And so it's like, why not? Let's just go do it. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad we bought ours last year and mm-hmm. I'm so excited to do more of it. And because it's even something you can do. I mean, you can do it every stage of your life. So it's mm-hmm. like, why not? Let's go. Why not? Um, so I, I just think like staying active in some way that gets you outside 
is a thing for self-care in the winter because people want to like hole up, but man, that cold is really good for your body. So I think so. Everybody's like, Oh, it makes me sick. And it's like, Nope, you've got to get outside. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think going to bed early helps nurture that holing up feeling because we do need more rest in the winter, but it's like, yeah, making it balanced and not that's all you do is fetal position on the couch all winter. You can't do that. It's not good. Um, okay. Well, great. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your wisdom oh, and your updates yeah. with us. And I'm excited to see what you're going to do at a very therapeutic pace in yes. 2019. I just want to think possible. Yes. So, <laughs> I'm here um, to stand as an example. Yes. <laughs> It is possible for sure. And it's wiser and I think more, more fulfilling. Life is honest. Exactly. So how can people find you and stay in the know about what you got going on? Yes. The best way is to find us, find me on the blog, which is um, the fresh exchange.com or follow me on Instagram at fresh exchange. Um, and then the shop is linked on all those things. So you can find that as well. So, and you have a great newsletter and your monthly yes. newsletter is always full of great goodies. So finishing the December one today. So awesome. It's like my favorite thing every month. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I it's love the letter. So it's great. All right. Well, thanks Megan. Yes. Thank you, Randy. This is so much fun. One of my biggest takeaways from my chat with Megan is something that has been touched on a few times now on this season of the podcast and that is embracing the slow game and being okay with a non-linear path to achieving our goals. From simplifying to career goals to fulfilling relationships to healing, the most sustainable and enjoyable path takes time. And it's also never ending. It works in layers. And when you stop aching for the horizon, waiting for when you finally arrived, instead find joy and fulfillment in the journey itself. That's when we reach these landmarks that we can pause at and feel good about and then start the trek onto the next one. All right, now is the time when I say fare thee well until the new year. But I will be back January 7th with a brand new shiny season three that I'm already pretty pumped about. But I hope we can hang out in other ways until then, especially because I just might be bringing you a bonus episode or two that you really won't want to miss. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you don't miss what I've got coming up. You can also rate and review while you are there because I do love to hear from you. You can also subscribe to my free weekly newsletter over at my website, naturallyrandyk.com. That's where I send out all of my updates, fun facts, and the latest episode right to your inbox. And you can also interact with me and the Simple Self-Care community over in my free Facebook group. It's a great place to commune with others around all things self-care, and I started doing a monthly Ask Me Anything Facebook Live on various topics, which is really fun for me, but it's also a great way for you to get one-on-one help from me. Just search Simple Self-Care Circle and ask to join. 
And for daily self-care inspiration, you can follow me on the grams at naturallyrandyk, and that's naturally R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y. That's where I hang out the most, actually. And I really love chatting with you all in the comments. And lately, it's been so fun to have you all tag me when you are listening to the podcast. You just incorporate a screenshot or photo of you listening into your Instagram stories and share your takeaways and tag me in it so I can share your insights with the world. And it seriously makes my life when I hear from you all. Okay, so that's that, my friends. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode and for this season. It is my joy to support you through this podcast, but also through my online courses and one-on-one mentoring programs. As a wellness practitioner and educator, I teach women holistic ways to tune into their inner wisdom and establish healing seasonal practices so they can know how to heal their own pain and feel healthy and at home from the inside out. To learn more about that, visit my website, naturallyrandyk.com. And please join me next year as the self-care conversation continues. And until then, take good care and enjoy the journey.